Hi, I'm Kenzie. And I'm Emily. And this is The Claw Crypt. Crack open a cold one with us. While we discuss everything true crime, mysteries, conspiracies, and much more. Okay, so, um, this episode's probably gonna come up fairly quick, too, so we're gonna have multiple episodes coming out probably we're just this week. throwing them at ya. <laughs> um, so we're gonna talk about Pazuzu Algarad today. Um, Ooh. most of my information came from a documentary that I watched. Um, you can watch it for free on TubiTV.com. That's where I watched it. Um... <laughs> I've heard of 2BTV before. Yep, and um, that's where I got most of this from. And it's just basically average documentary style where they interview people. So a lot of stuff I'm seeing has come from other people. Okay. Um, so when I first heard of Pazuzu, I was like, okay, Pazuzu, unique name. What does that mean? So I typed it into Google, and apparently uh, Pazuzu is... Uh, the demon who was said to have control over the west and southwest winds, which were thought to have come from the land of the dead. Um, as controller of the winds, he also had the power to uh, bring uh, famine and lotus swarms. Ew. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Is that like worms that chill in the lotus flower? No. Uh, no, 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 no. Lotus. Lotus swarm? Lotus. Lotus. Locust. Locusts. Locusts, the flying bug. Oh! Those creepy things. Oh, yeah. I, I thought those th- were lotuses too. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> English is hard. Okay, it was also known um, that he would breed or breathe the <laughs> clouds that would create poisonous, like acidic waste. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, the most common description of him, it varies quite a bit but the one that i read about the most was a canine face with large terrifying eyes also depicted as having a penis with a snake head pretty much so like think medusa's hair but on a penis ew yeah (laughs) no thank you um and a snake or reptilian type body he was also said to have enormous wings and talons. So, like, birds' feet is the pictures that I saw, where it's kind of like those wrinkly, like, toes that birds have. Ooh, I'm um, just thinking of the chicken paws. Yep, and they were unfathomably sharp. And it I got, sounds like my nightmares. Yeah, I got this from, like, a mythology website, so, I don't know, I'll put that in the thing, too. Like, in the um, description? Yeah. Okay. So it'll be in the episode description, so if you want to go look at it. Yeah, it's a really cool website. I kind of went down a rabbit hole learning about different, like, mythology things, and, like, yeah, definitely a cool website to check out. So when I first researched the name, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's such a smart dude. He looked into his research and blah, blah, blah. Turns out he actually got his name from The Exorcist, the movie that came out in 1971. Uh, Yeah, it was the demon that possessed the girl. His name was Pazuzu. That's where he got it. <laughs> so okay. I'm sitting here thinking he's super smart and then ends up he just likes scary movies and that's where he got the name. Fucking same though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his last name, Elgarod, 
basically means a hostile incursion or like surprise attack. He started out, this wasn't his legal name at first. Eventually he did change it for the sake of me. I'm just going to call him Pazuzu. But he started out being John Lawson. And um, his childhood is a bit of a mix up. He claims it was super bad, but there's other stories that say it's it was fine. So I'm just going to go with what um, his mom has said and what his babysitter from when he was a child had said in the documentary that I had watched. Okay. It's kind of all over the place. Um, so he was born on August 12th, 1978 to parents Cynthia and Timothy Larson. They got married in 1971 and they divorced in 1990. Uh, Pazuzu was 11 when they got divorced. So that's kind of like prime time where you're like really figuring out who you are yourself or already that's going to cause issues. Just and like in the questioning stage. Yeah, it doesn't help that uh, Cynthia, his mom, took Pazuzu to live in Clemens, Clemens, North Carolina. And Timothy, his father, moved all the way across the country back to California. So he really kind of lost contact with his dad. Sad. Yeah. That's a big thing, especially if you're an 11-year-old boy who's used to living with two parents. To be split up like that, that's already one big thing that's happened that, like, is going to mess with you a little bit, especially if you can't have contact with your dad, because it sounds mm -hmm. like mom and dad weren't getting along and mom didn't want to talk to dad, therefore son Pazuzu wasn't allowed to talk to dad. That's sad. And a lot of, like, I've heard from, like, other podcasts and stuff that I've listened to, like, a lot of... um male like serial killers and it goes with like the other way around too they get like that because they didn't have like a f positive male figure in their life so they yeah. didn't really know how to life and they just went down this spiral yeah um his mother got remarried to a man named john in 1998 we're going to jump to Carmen, who was Pazuzu's babysitter from ages five to nine. She said, quote, he was a very sad, he was very sad, a sad kid. I love that little boy. Um, she was also Cynthia, Pazuzu's mom, best friend. Um, and she also said that he wanted to be a vampire, but it was kind of in like a cute kid way, like. You know, you're a young kid, you're watching some horror movies, maybe. Yeah. It's around Halloween, you want to dress up as a vampire, you think being creepy is cool, and all that. Oh, I miss those days. Yeah, just having fun. I don't know, it doesn't seem too weird yet. Um Ooh, yet. Yeah, things Ooh. get... I don't know what happens, but things go downhill real quick with this whole case. <laughs> Um, oh, gosh, we're in for a ride. <laughs> yeah. When Pazuzu was eight years old, he became very abusive to his mom. Okay. More than a regular eight-year-old kid would. Uh, he would bite and hit her and just lose his mind, basically. Worse than tantrums? Yeah, like bad. And his mom That's ended up putting good. him in a mental institute um, where Carmen, the babysitter, and his mom came to visit him a few days later after he had time to, like, settle in and stuff. And Carmen and his mom both agreed that he needed to be with Cynthia, his mom. Like, he just needed to be home. He didn't want to be there. It wasn't good for him. He didn't seem to be improving. That's understandable. Yeah. 
But then again, also kind of scary at the same time because he sounds like he really needed this kind of help and now he's not getting what he needed. Yeah, especially for, so like when I think of like temper tantrums and stuff, I think of like... Hitting the floor and screaming. Yeah, and and even getting physical with a parent. I feel like two to five is kind of, two to six maybe is kind of when that really starts to happen. At least that's what I've seen with my siblings is they kind of get feisty around that age (laughs) yeah um but at eight years old you know not to beat the crap out of your mom you know better yeah you're gonna get in trouble and it's not gonna end well my mom would have kicked my uh cynthia or cynthia pazuzu's mom i'm just gonna call her cynthia it's easier to say than pazuzu's mom because his name is complicated um (laughs) Angry. Cynthia would drop him off at Carmen's house all the time, and she would go out on, like, dates with all these guys, and Carmen said that um, Johnny would see all this, all these guys and all this stuff in his mind, and he would think, why is mom leaving me for him? Oh, that's kind of sad. I yeah. Feel, I feel kind of bad for child Pazuzu, but I feel like I'm not going to feel bad about him later. No. But right now, I feel kind of bad for him. And it sounds like most of the guys shouldn't have been around him. They weren't very nice guys. This is coming from Carmen, so I don't know how exact that is, but either way, like, I don't know. It sounds I get... like she was around enough, though, to be able to get some sort of, like, intel on who these people were. Yeah, and this is before she got married. I jumped a little bit, but this is before she had gotten married. And um, he said that he was sexually abused and neglected. Uh, There isn't much info on that at all, so I don't know how true that is. Like, I I can kind of believe it because if the guys that he was, that Cynthia was bringing home were bad guys, then some of that stuff might have happened. But at the same time... Could just be like a cry for attention. Yeah, later time. on, I'll just say it now, um, he basically wants to be the bad guy. He wants to be scary. He loves the attention he gets from that. So I feel like making his childhood sound worse than it actually was... Gives people the sympathy to him to yep. where they can feel bad for him, but then they also fear him. I think that's also like a control factor kind of a thing. Yeah, that's why I kind of... <laughs> There wasn't really anything I could find on that besides the fact that he said it happened to him. Pazuzu started drinking regularly at age 13. (laughs) Okay, but same. (laughs) Yeah, but we weren't regular Regular. drinkers at 13. We were just kind of like, ooh, my dad has a beer in the fridge. I wonder what beer tastes like. We should try one. And then we get caught. (laughs) Yeah, that was the whole thing. We were idiots. It was a six pack. I was like, there's two of us. We both take two. We cut it down to a four pack. He'll never know. (laughs) Yeah, so we cut the little plastic things around the six pack because they were cans to a four pack. And like, now that I'm of legal age, by the way, want to make that very clear. Um,. Me too. I'm legal too. <laughs> Four packs of beer don't come in that brand that we were drinking. No. No, they don't. And you would have known if you would bought a four pack versus a six pack. We were fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, we didn't even like the beer. <laughs> yeah. It was disgusting. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, um, Dad. His mom really didn't seem to care. She thought that it actually helped with his mental health issues. 
okay with the drinking. Um, I feel I, like, especially that time of his life, his brain still developing and all that. I was going to say, that's such a developmental age to where that alcohol's really not going to help you that much. It's more going to, like, deteriorate your brain and stuff like that. Well, maybe not your brain, but, like, your liver. <laughs> yeah. So, they lived in a decent home in Winston, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Oh, they live in Salem. Winston-Salem. It's not Salem Witch Trials. It's not Salem, Oregon. It's Winston-Salem, North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know why there's so many Salems. But it's Salem! <laughs> uh, they lived there with John, the guy that his mom had married, until Pazuzu basically forced his mom to leave John. Like, Pazuzu hated John. I don't know if he was a bad guy or... If it was just someone coming into his life trying to be a father figure that he just didn't like because yeah. he had this trauma from his father leaving, maybe? Yeah. In the documentary I watched, um, one of the main guys is actually an editor for their local newspaper. And he tried to call him and he was like, hey, is this John? I have a few questions for you. Um, I just want to give you a chance to clear your name type of a thing. Like Pazuzu saying that he had a bad childhood. Can you clear this up? And he said, quote, I don't want to talk about that. He hated my guts and hung up. Oh. Yeah. That is all that was said by him in that documentary. That's kind of sus. Yeah. So maybe he did and he just doesn't want to. Or maybe he just like, maybe Pazuzu was like a terrible child and was like doing shit to him. And so he's like, I'm not even going to waste my energy on this kind of a yeah. thing. Like I could see that you, you know, you're like, I've had enough. I don't even want to go over this. I definitely, cause there's a lot of press surrounding this case. Like this is a big thing for this small town. So like everything was on every newspaper, every news channel, everything everywhere. So I understand that he didn't want to be in it, but he was also given a chance to kind of clear his name. I honestly Which would is have a taken little that opportunity. Suspicious. But then again, I get it because his whole life has basically been about this since it happened. So he probably just wants to be done with it. True. I you know, know what I mean? I guess it's kind of hard to tell unless you are like, that this, person. This documentary was done, I don't know exactly how many years, but probably at least three or four years after it happened. And if someone came up to you and brought up something that happened three or four years ago that was kind of traumatic for you and you didn't want to talk about it anymore, they were like, hey, tell me about this. Like, I'd probably be like, fuck you and hang up the phone, too. I mean, that's how I am about my toxic ex situation. Yeah. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, but somebody asked me about, oh, what happened with that? I'm like, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know. It. What he said doesn't really say much, but it also doesn't say much in a bad way. I guess it really depends on the perspective that you take of it. Yeah. He sounded very nice on the phone when we first answered. And then when they started talking about Pazuzu, it was like an immediate switch went off. And he was like, no, I'm done and hung up. Okay, John. Yeah. Sometime in the 1990s, uh, John started going by Pazuzu. John was John Lawson, as in Pazuzu, well, didn't legally change his name yet, but he started going by the name Pazuzu or Diablo. Diablo? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Interesting choice of name. Some people think that he thought his name was too biblical. 
John in the Bible, and that's why he changed it. I mean, I can see it. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't really know the whole story, so I don't... Yeah. I, I don't know. This guy really just wanted to scare people. He, like, fed off of that, he basically. He factor. Yes. Um, okay. In school, he was bullied as a kid, as... Most people are, but he was called... Kids are fucking brutal. Oh, kids are assholes. Um, he was called Turd Boy. Aw. Yeah, Turd Boy, as in, like, sad. poop. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Yeah, and he ended up uh, dropping out in ninth grade, and he started using drugs and became obsessed with horror movies and heavy metal. Nothing wrong with horror movies and heavy metal, but when you mix drugs into it, that's... Yeah, drugs, bad, doesn't create a serial killer, but bad, don't do them. Don't, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> yep. Horror movies and heavy metal music don't make serial killers. I mean, look at our friend group back in middle school and high school and still to this day. I don't think we're in None of us killers. have killed anyone. <laughs> we're we just fine. I hope not. I feel like, well, okay, I don't really have many friends now, but you're still friends with some of the people, and the people that I'm still friends with, at least, have not killed anyone that I know of. (laughs) I'm hoping to God none of them dead, but you never know. I swear to God, if any of you guys have killed people, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of his classmates, so before ninth grade, when he dropped out, said, quote, He wanted to be the bad guy. So even before he was, like, a full-blown adult... This is what he wants. Yes. He wanted the fear. He wanted control and just the mysteriousness, I guess. I don't even know if that's a word, but he wanted... He's the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Billie Eilish said it best. Uh, (laughs) um, He needed money to survive and live. Like most of us. Yep. So he became a drug dealer to earn some extra cash, support his drug habits. Um, His mom also gave him money. He was still living with his mom. Throughout this whole story, he's living with his mom. Mooching and drug dealing. Yep. Reminds um, me of a couple of people. In 2002 is when he legally changed his name from John to Pazuzu. He was 23 years old. That's like two two years older than me, and I would never sanely change my name to something like that. Maybe I'm different, yeah. but that's... Pazuzu Algarab. Um, he did pick a middle name, but I saved that for kind of this next part that I'm going to get into in a little bit because okay. it kind of has a deeper meaning than the rest. Okay. Or at least to him. Um, he was diagnosed with depression and schizophrenia and algophoria? Algophobia? I don't know how to say that. Um, it's basically an anxiety Agoraphobia. disorder. Agoraphobia. That's what it is. Um, it's an anxiety disorder that makes certain places or situations like crowded areas or places that would be hard to escape. So kind of like claustrophobia but different. Yeah, but it's kind of like, um, when we were in, like, Warp Tour, and we were kind of, like, first year newbies, and you kind of, kind of, 
like you're get, drowning in the fucking crowd. Yeah, and you're a little too close to the mosh pit, and you kind of freak out, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. It's yeah. like that, but at all times, which sounds terrifying. Like, like anxiety on steroids is what it sounds like. So that's already... I have anxiety, and it's bad enough. So if my anxiety was on steroids, I'm sorry, but I would not be able yeah. to do this. <laughs> and it sounds like his mom tried to get him help. But couldn't afford the proper treatment and medication, so that's kind of why she thought the alcohol was helping him. That really, like, irks me because it sucks that a lot of people go through this kind of stuff, but they don't have the money to treat, like, and get the help that they need, and it's really sad. Like, I understand that, like, the professionals need to make their money, too, for, like, their degrees and the stuff that they went to, but they're so fucking expensive that, like, some people really need their help. But they and just the can't afford free, it. And the free, like, mental health clinics and stuff that are available to, like, everyday people suck. They fucking suck They so don't bad. do anything. They really, they give you a few phone numbers to call and that's it. And those phone numbers don't do jack shit for you. They're just yep. like, it'll get better. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we're kind of going to get into the satanic part of this for a minute. Where's Zach? <laughs> yeah, um, first of all, if you are one of the people who think Satanism a bad, is, like, a horrible thing and they're all bad people and they sacrifice people and they kill children and they're taking over the world and all that. Not all Satanists are like that. Do your research. Just Please. go research it because I'm not going down that rabbit hole right now, but they are not that bad of people. I am not a Satanist, but... One of our best friends is a Satanist, and I'll tell you, he is not one of those people, and yeah. we've known him for such a long time, and I know knowing someone for a long time doesn't mean you, like, know-know them, but I know-know him, and he's not like that. Yeah, Not exactly. all Satanists are like that. Do your research, please. So, Winston-Salem was a very religious town um, that literally believed that there was going to be a war between good and evil. Okay. Yes. Like, people had guns and stuff stocked up ready for this war. Oh, God. Um, And this was actually after the Satanic Panic, which happened in the 80s and 90s. But this is a small town, so of course they still feared Satan and all things evil and blah, blah, blah. And Pazuzu terrified them. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking bad. And because everyone was afraid of him, he practically ran the town. Like, no one called the cops on him ever. Well, a few times they did, but very, very, very few times. I doubt the cops did anything because they were probably terrified mm-hmm. of him, too. Yep. Um, he became interested in Satanism and the occult, and he even got a Satan and 666 tattoo on his arm. His style of, like, interior decor, I figured I'd throw this in there with the Satanist stuff, even though it happened during the search of his house, but, um, a, uh, a staff member at the Carmel City Dispatch, um, that was, like, part of the people searching his home, because it, there's a lot that goes with this house, but I'm just gonna say this now, he said, quote, uh, it was decorated with Hot Topic Satan stuff, like a mall rat incense burner and statues of demons. 
Oh, he, what? <laughs> he called Pazuzu a mall rat. And I was like, I have to put that in there because, oh my god. <laughs> like, does that not describe us back in, like, middle school, though? I feel like I need to get a pet rat now and name it Pazuzu. Like, let's take out the Satan part. Decorated in Hot Topic. Stuff like mall rat incense, which we all had. Burners and statues of demons and, like, just weird shit in general. Like, that literally sounds like us in middle school and high school. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the little, like, they're not, like, quite dragons, but they're not quite, like, Satan. But they're the kind of, like, little demon-looking things that are, exactly. like, incense burners. And they're just cute little statue things creepy things draw my attention yeah (laughs) hence why we have this podcast (laughs) yep um pazuzu began doing rituals where he would sacrifice small animals to satan Um, like rabbits squirrels birds chipmunks just small i cry when i even hit squirrels with my car it gets a lot somebody could do that. A lot worse with the animals. We'll come back to that a bit later. People um, I can talk about, but when it comes to animals. Yeah. I love I think animals are innocent. They didn't do any just wrong. Pure. Yeah. Um and then him and his friends started doing uh mutual bloodletting in the graveyard. The fuck is that? To my very, very, very minimal understanding, um, it's a black magic ritual written by one of his idols, Alistair Crawley. I've heard of that name before. Where have I heard that before? He's part of the satanic, I don't want to say temple because I know that is Anton LaVey, but I think he had something to do with it. I want... I bet you I've heard it in a podcast before. I, I also listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. I'm pretty sure I've heard that name somewhere before. It sounds so familiar. Yes. I I don't know exactly who he is, but I'm sure we'll get into that more on a future case. Challenge accepted. Yes. <laughs> um, he also um, practiced and followed some stuff by Anton LaVey, um, but he decided it was not hardcore enough for him. Oh. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is taking a turn. Anton LaVey, I know, is part of the Satanic Temple. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that name is with the Satanic Temple, for sure. Which, again, if you don't know much about it, look it up. They are one of the people that are fighting for the abortion rights in Texas. They, they don't just do bad things. They're actually, they've done a lot of good things. They care for the people and their rights. Yep. Really, like, I'm just going to say this real quick. A lot of what, like, the good Satanists stand for is just to, like, be yourself and that you are your own god and you are in control of yourself. You don't let some other higher power control you. And, like, I'm not a Satanist, but I have a lot of respect for that because I want to be in control of my own life. And I think that's fair, that you are the one who, you know, makes your future and yeah, makes your own plan and shit like that. Anyways. So, since none of the satanic stuff that he was reading about uh, was hardcore enough for him, he decided to make his own satanic religion. This Ooh. is not the actual satanic religion from here on. This is his perspective yes um 
Okay. <laughs> I'm a little nervous now. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting part of the case, the whole satanic stuff, but it does not excuse what he did and is not an excuse for the way he acted. That's just him making an excuse. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. trying to blame it on it. something. Okay. I don't want to take fault for my actions, so this is why I did it. Yep. Um, Bernice Lee Heath used to live near the Knob Hill house, which we will get into later. Um, she used to live with him, and she posted on Facebook. I figured I'd throw this in here because it kind of goes with the Satan stuff. But um, she said, quote, Paz Pazuzu was raised by his mother. She supported everything he has done and buys him rabbits to sacrifice every full moon. He only showers once a month and Ew. that, yeah, disgusting. Um, it gets worse than that, though. We'll get back to the shower thing later. Um, and that's the day of a full moon. So when he showers, it's a full moon, basically, um, before he sacrifices the rabbit. Then he drinks the blood of the rabbit as he <gasps> worships, quote, unquote, evil gods uh he likes to drink the blood when he can his mom would find blood for him to drink i am unsure of where she gets the blood or even what kind of blood it is i think his mom is as guilty as he is because she allowed this behavior for as long as he lived with her however this is the end of the facebook post that was the end quote section uh, Pazuzu later said, which we'll jump back into later. It's kind of all over the place. I didn't know where to put stuff. Um, he only showered once a year and he has not brushed his teeth in over 10 years. Oh my God, ew. And yep. we were literally just talking about in our previous episode about how brushing your teeth is an important thing. And Kenzie's obsessed with brushing your teeth before she goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Imagine not brushing your teeth for 10 years. He believed that if he were to shower and brush his teeth, it would straight, like, strip away his body's natural defenses and, like, make him vulnerable somehow. And when so I read that... So the smell of your raunchy breath is a defense? Oh, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I would run. I would book it if I smelt that nastiness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now we're going to get into the middle name. Uh, just after 9-11, he claimed he was of Iraqi descent, which is not true. It has been proven false. Not true at all. Okay. He changed his middle name to Allah, which means God. Um, he changed his appearance on social media um, to make people think he was Muslim, but he never actually practiced the religion it was literally just a scare tactic to freak people out after 9-11 because everyone thought that everyone Muslim was bad. Not true, but that's okay. what everyone thought at that time. Weird. Yeah. Staying on but his... I, mean, I, can, I can see why he did it, but still, it's, like, weird. Yeah. And Staying I... on his, like, bad guy brand, in the early 2000s, he started doing body modifications, like tattoos lots of piercings gauges and there's nothing wrong with tattoos and piercings yep he this one might hurt you i don't know uh he dremeled his teeth to very sharp points while high on that oh think about that ow and split his tongue 
Okay, that's actually kind of cool. I have seen split tongues yeah. before, and for a period of time before I got my tongue piercing, I wanted to split my tongue just because I wanted to be able to move two parts of my tongue because it would feel weird. It would be fun to have for a short period of time. I feel like I would get sick of it after a while, but just for like a day to have a split tongue, I think it would be super fun. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, the sharp, very pointed Kind of like riffraff. Will come up later, so just remember. Please don't that tell part. me he used them to eat people and like bite no. them. <laughs> okay, no, no, I was no, gonna no. say if he used them for like cannibalism, I'm gonna lose it. I'm done. I'm leaving. No. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna kind of jump into the what people call cult stuff. I do not believe that what he had was a cult. Cults usually involve a large mass <laughs> of people. Uh, Pazuzu was. Very inspired by Charles Manson. Of course he was. Yep. Which, I love Charles Manson. I've read books written by him. I've done my research. I, I okay, love him is a weird way to say it, but I think... <laughs> I the, know what you mean, but they might not. I like cults in general because the way that these people are able to manipulate or talk to people, people in that way is very interesting to me because I couldn't do that. So the way that they can get people to do stuff... I want to know more about. <laughs> I don't like cults. That sounds toxic, but <laughs> <laughs> No, but, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, the way that they The speak. psychology behind it. And, yeah. like, why they do it and how they do it and how like, people react to it is interesting because there are a lot of people that do shit because they're brainwashed for, yep. like, oh. And if you are, um, I'm going to say this, but if you're an idiot who doesn't know who Charles Manson is, he was a cult leader uh, back in the 70s, I believe, and he basically manipulated people to kill two different um, houses with multiple different people in them. He never actually killed anyone himself, but he did go to jail for pretty much the whole the rest of his life well, after he's that. he's conspiring with yep. it, so obviously he's still guilty. Yep. Um, one of the women in his family, which is what Charles Manson called his cult, was a family, was Amber. Um, she was also known as Bubbles. She was born in 1990, and she was raised... Girls. Yeah. She, <laughs> she was raised very, very, very Christian. Uh, that sounds like a bad combo. Yep. Uh, when she met Pazuzu, uh, she started participating in rituals, orgies, and she would eventually end up living in the Knob Hill home, which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Bubbles, no. <laughs> which, the home itself sounds like a good idea. I'll talk about it later. But um, soon after, Amber, another girl joined whose name is Crystal Matlock, and she had a very similar upbringing to Amber, and she kind of ended up in the same situation. Um, he also had one more uh, named Dixie, and uh, she was a high school girlfriend of Matt Flowers, who he deserves his whole segment of this episode, so I will be going back to him, too keep that name in mind because he is a very 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 important person in this case um at any given time he would have 20 to 50 people in his house and That's he called yeah they he called them his family and would consider him followers of his made-up religion 
um, they were mostly drug addicts and people who didn't really fit in anywhere else and were just able to be free there, which sounds great. Like, if you are not... Outside looking in, like, sounds peaceful. Yeah, if you are growing up in a very religious town and you are not religious and people think you are the outcast and there is this house that people can just be themselves and not be judged, that seems like a safe haven for you. So that's where a lot of people just kind of hanged out and, like, it was kind of like a trap house, but, like... Different. Yeah, like a goth trap house. For a very small town. Sounds like my kind of shit. <laughs> yep. Um, a little bit of legal trouble that he got into in 2008. He was charged with larceny, which is theft of, like, personal property. Uh, he just got probation for it. And that was basically it. Not much. In 2011, he had a misdemeanor for choking his mother, um, Amber. Oh, Bubbles. Uh, also got an assault with Cynthia. That one's not really documented very well at all. So now we're going to get into the house. This oh. house started out as a great idea, as a safe haven for all these outcasts and people who didn't fit into the norm of that town. It sounds great. Exactly. So that sounds amazing. It sounds like a place that we would have gravitated to when we were younger. But things kind of quickly turn. So, um, the Knob Hill House, Knob Hill House, not home, <laughs> um, is where Cynthia and Pazuzu lived, um, along with some roommates. The place was completely trashed and spray painted, um, all over the walls and ceilings, and there was blood everywhere. Uh, just, we'll get back to the blood thing in a second. Um... It was full of trash. They had some pets living there. There were eight dogs and Aww. some stray cats. They were not taken care of. They would pee and poop all over the place, and it would never get cleaned up. Um, the pets weren't the only ones going on the floor. Ew! Pazuzu would often go in the corners of the house in front of others. Ew! I don't know if this was something to prove he was the weirdo bad guy or if he was just super high on multiple drugs, but he would just pop a squat in, like, the corner of a room. <laughs> yep. Gross. The smell from the house was so bad that neighbors would complain. I um, bet. <laughs> it smelled of, like, a mix of trash, shit, and urine. Which, yeah. Yeah, if people are shitting on your floors and your house is full of trash, that's probably what it's going to smell like. That's so gross. Um, heavy metal was playing at all times at, like, ear-shattering volumes, like, all the way up, multiple rooms, different okay, songs. <laughs> yeah. So, like, parts of this sound great, but Others parts of it don't. <laughs> um, people would also just be, like, butt-naked, walking around. Minding their own business, which again, not really that big of a deal, but a little bit weird for most people, I feel like. Well, if there's like 20, 30 people in this house, that's a lot of people to be seeing yeah. all your, uh, your hoo-hahs and your, uh, tatas. Yep. Um, according to Matt Flowers, we will, there's the whole segment dedicated to him. Um, he would manipulate, or Pazuzu would manipulate people into having orgies and sex in open places of the home and 
um, people wouldn't even bat an eye if they walked past and saw the private things happening in non-private areas. Oh, no. Yeah. That uh, sounds, um... Yeah. yeah I don't even know <laughs> what word <laughs> to use for that. I think I would probably stop walking and be like, there's a bedroom down the hall, there's a bathroom, a there's a closet, <laughs> there's outside. You can be somewhere else, but get the fuck off my couch. Yeah. Would be my reaction. This is where I watch TV. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Pazuzu would tell them that he had committed murders. One story that he told was about him killing two prostitutes, eating them, um, Ew. eating part of them, burning the rest, and he claimed to have some of the bodies in the basement covered in kitty litter and bleach to cover the smell. That's not how that works. No, I dug further into this, and because of this case, someone actually did a study on it, and they used, I believe, pigs and squirrels, and they covered them in kitty litter and bleach the best that they could, and you could still smell it. That's so disgusting. Yeah, you could still smell the rotting flesh. So, this was most likely a lie, but that explains where all the stray cats were coming from because he did have a shit ton of kitty litter in his basement. They're like, ooh, cool, I can go potty here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, of course, because of this rumor he had started about himself, the word spread fast in the small town. I was going to say, especially in a small town. Yep. I know how that stuff works. And he was known as the drug dealer who got away with murder. So that just made everyone even more terrified of him. Yeah. Yep. And, of course, the asshat loved the attention, and it fit perfectly with his bad guy persona that he was putting on for everyone. Oh, I'm sure he loved this. He yep. was probably thriving off of this shit. The home full of people that didn't really fit in, and um, it was kind of like a free space where they could just go wild, be free, and just... No rules, no, like, anybody yep. to judge you, which, I mean, sounds great, but... Also, kind of scary. Yeah, there were a lot of drugs in the home because there were no rules. Keep in mind, throughout this whole thing, his mother, Cynthia, was living with him. How did she put up with this shit? Oh, just wait. <laughs> I don't know I how totally she... I forgot that she was there. I don't know how she is not in prison by the end of this. But um, a lot of drugs were in the home, like shrooms, weed, heroin, coke, meth, pretty much everything you can think of. His, new, his mom knew about it, and she said, quote, It's what he wanted to do, and I just turned a blind eye. Um, I'm sorry, but if that was my kid, I would exactly. not put up with that shit. I'd be like, you're going to fucking rehab. Get the fuck out of my house. If you're not going to go to rehab, you can go do this shit elsewhere. I want nothing yeah. to do with this. And, like, like I, I get it's terrible to do to your child. she but... wanted to be good with her kid like she didn't want to get on Pazuzu's bad side she's probably afraid of him too probably but either way that's your kid you don't want them to be mad at you but there's a certain point where you need to step up as a parent and, and not tolerate that as shit. a homeowner and not have that stuff in your house that's not just her kid's life that it, it's affecting it's also affecting her life yep um David Adams, whose nickname was Crazy Dave, was one of the people who lived in the house or was at the house often. It's hard to keep track of who lived there and who oh, so many people. just was there 
that's where everyone it was like the hangout spot like our teen center that's where everyone went was this house you're full of people all the time um and he said uh people would often cut themselves or each other um they would also drink blood from rabbits birds and he also had a dishwasher filled with quote serious weapons which i don't know what he meant by that but why in the dishwasher (laughs) had to keep them clean (laughs) everything else is dirty but the weapons gotta stay clean yeah those guys they sparkly priorities are a little (laughs) whack here but all right dude he said there were no rules in the house you could break tvs smash beer bottles on someone's head and just go crazy um i think his mom was definitely an an enabler um to this whole thing she could have stopped this so early on she could have stopped people from coming into her house introducing her son to drugs and just What do you even do in that kind of situation, though? Like, I mean, like, I kind of feel for her because, like, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do, honestly. But then again, it's like, this is her house and this is also her life. And she needs to, like, take hold of the reins and, like, do something because, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, I have a feeling it's just going to keep going fucking downhill from here. So I'm going to jump into Matt Flowers, the guy who I kept saying deserves his own segment because he does. And it might spoil a little bit of the story, but he really does deserve his own segment because he literally saved someone's life. So I got a whole thing on him. Um, So Matt was super close with Pazuzu um, to both of their moms. They would call them brothers, kind of like me and you. Yeah. Everybody thinks we're fucking related. Um. Pazuzu actually drugged him with LSD, but didn't tell Matt. Matt thought he went crazy and even tried checking himself into a mental institution. Oh my god! Yep, and then it was a few months later that Pazuzu told him, Yeah, bro, you were just tripping. You're good. What the fuck? What the fuck? Um, he wanted to get away, Matt wanted to get away from seeing his friend's overdose and just wanted to do something good with his life. Better his life than in this shithole. So at age 16, he got his GED and he joined the military as a gunner in Iraq. Good for him. Yeah, Pazuzu would call him all the time asking if he killed anyone. Which, first of all, you shouldn't ask someone that if they're in the military, they probably don't want to talk about it. And if they do, then they should, I don't know. That's just That's not just something you odd. talk about. Yeah, not, I mean... You shouldn't ask, but if they want to bring it up, then be there to talk with them. But you shouldn't be asking almost every day, did you kill someone? Yo, bro, did you kill somebody today? Yep. That's just fucking weird. And Matt said, quote, You know in war, dude, nobody's right or wrong. Nobody is good or evil, but Bazuzu is evil. He's got a point. Yep. <laughs> That's... Props. <laughs> um, I like Matt Flowers. I'm here for him. Yeah. So, um, on his way back from Iraq, Dixie, a family member now. First thing that came to my mind was your tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a tortoise named Dixie. But um, Dixie called him to tell him he was part, or tell him that she was part of the family. And of course, he was super confused. He was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I've been in Iraq for a few years. Like, I'm 
I don't just know what you're here. saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, Pazuzu turned into a completely different person from when Matt left and they were brothers to when Matt got home. That's it's, terrifying. Yep. Um, so his girlfriend, Dixie, called him and said she was part of the family. And once um, he got home, he basically said Pazuzu and Dixie and everyone in the house seemed like a completely different person. In the car, Dixie said Amber knocked on the door and said, quote, we killed a guy, and if you don't help us bury him, we'll bury you too. Uh, what? So that's kind of the spoiler part, but, um. I mean, I felt like this is where it was going anyways. Yeah. Matt reported him, but nothing came of it. They were probably terrified of him. Literally nothing. Um, Matt because of his concerns, would go hang out at the house every couple of weeks just to make sure Pazuzu wasn't hurting anyone and everyone was okay and alive. This guy's a fucking angel. Yeah. Um, he said that one day he was at Pazuzu's house and he said, um, oh my gosh. Okay, so after he reported him, he was at Pazuzu's house and he said that, Pazuzu said, that um you're my brother i know or just know i can never be caught and he took a fire poker thing and stuck it into a hot like piece of meat that was in the fireplace or fire pit and took a bite out of it like steaming hot meat and said quote satan protects me uh he doesn't know if it was rabbit or human meat that he was eating what (laughs) the fuck yeah, um, first of all, it's hot. Ow! <laughs> and if your teeth are dremeled down, they're gonna be very sensitive because you're losing your enamel and, like, all that good stuff that protects your teeth. So, like, ow, if Satan is protecting you, he's doing a good job, but, like, let it go, dude. Just drop it now. You're going too far. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Um, one time, Pazuzu's mom had a guy over um, we don't know who the guy is. Um, and Matt said that Pazuzu and this guy basically got into an argument because this guy didn't like how Pazuzu was treating his mom, which makes sense. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, and he said, yo, let's kill this guy. Oh, no. Matt grabbed him by his hair, slammed him into the cabinet, and said, fuck you, dude. I'm not doing this. Matt was super smart, though, and he gave Pazuzu some money to go get alcohol and tobacco. And while he was gone, he told the guy, listen, dude, he told me he wants to kill you and murder you. Just know, I just want you to know the truth. Um, After that, guy was never seen again. He wasn't found at the house. So I don't think he was killed, but he he left. Disappeared off the yeah. face of the earth. I would fucking do <laughs> Yep. Dude, so many props to this Matt guy. <laughs> yeah. Literally so much respect for this guy. He, oh my gosh. After that, he decided to basically completely cut contact with Pazuzu, and he demanded to speak to a detective. Um, five years later, so we're jumping way ahead in the story, um, when he was talking to a detective, they had a huge file on him, like multiple file folders on this one guy, and... Um, they must have known about what was going on in the house and the bodies that were found and all that. Um, one of Matt's best friends that he lives with now 
uh, said, quote, I think people take advantage of Matt and his idea of wanting to be a protector. I've seen him, I've seen people call him for shit they have gotten themselves into and wanted him to have their back and put themselves into, or put him in himself in a situation where he could get into some trouble and Pazuzu was one of them. Yeah, so this guy just wanted to make sure his friend was safe and also everyone that his friend came in contact was safe. He's literally just like the biggest fucking teddy bear ever. He just wants to protect people and make sure that they're going to be okay. And he tried contacting police multiple times. And they didn't do shit. Yeah. That irks me a lot. We'll get into what they did. Um... (sighs) So we're going to jump right into the first victim, who is John Wetzler. Uh, he was born er, in July of 2009. Pazuzu killed um, his first victim, who was John. He was 32 years old. Um, John was doing great for a while. Like, he had a amazing girlfriend named Stacy Carter. They were together for over six years, and they met in 1999 when Stacy was 25 and Josh was 22. Thing that brought them together was their love for animals like oh that's so cute yeah like everything ruined me <laughs> is going perfect for this guy they got a van and traveled all over the country stacy said quote he really enjoyed the company of people who were outside the mainstream which is fine you know whatever I get it. Yeah. You don't want normal people. Fucking no. weirdos. You want people who got like a unique side to them. Yeah. People say Josh was passionate, passionate, committed, and outgoing. When Stacy got pregnant, they bought some land and wanted to build a training center for horses and rehabilitate them. Aww. Yeah. I love that. However, this was right around the time when banks and loans started failing and they got fucked over. I even remember my grandparents saying they're not ever putting money in a bank again because a lot of people got fucked over by banks at this time. I don't know if your family's ever brought that up, but, like, my family, parts of them will not put money into a bank because of what happened in, like... I hate banks. 2008, 9-ish, I think is when it happened. I hate banks. (laughs) Um, they eventually fell behind on their mortgage because they got fucked over. They lost their dream farm. Stacy started working at other farms. She really didn't get paid much at all. Um, the biggest issue in their relationship was money. And that's, like, a common thing. Like, if money is an issue in a relationship. I was just gonna say money ruins people sometimes. And it creates so much stress. And this is kind of where things went downhill. For them. Like a deep-ass fucking slope, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Um, another reason she left him was due to low income. He wanted to start selling drugs, mostly weed and shrooms, uh, to get some extra money. They had a kid on the way, and she just didn't want to be around that. She still loved and cared about him a lot, but she didn't want I can want see where that. she's at, though. Like, you got the kid to think about, and, like, yeah. you shouldn't put a kid around that kind of shit, and... Oh, that's gotta be rough. Yeah, so Stacy ended up living on one of the farms that she had worked for, and instead of paying her, now they were just giving her a place to live for her work. Aw, that's so nice of them. Yeah, and John moved into a trailer. Uh, his trailer was raided by police because he ordered shrooms 
through the mail, which is a felony. <laughs> That's where you kind of <laughs> fucked up, John. You should never get drugs through the mail. Yep. And because, of course, it was a small town, um, his face was basically on every newspaper oh, ever. He <laughs> not <have> fucked up. <laughs> He, conv- he was convicted on February 23rd of 2009 after um, I don't know, after that, uh, he could not find a job. His drug clients wouldn't buy from him because he had already gotten caught once. So they're like, fuck that. I don't want to get caught, too. So <laughs> I'm not buying from you. I'll go find somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Because of his felony and record with the town, he ended up in the same group as Pazuzu. Oh. He was kind of an outcast, didn't have much going for him, town hated him. <laughs> so he went to the, what he thought was a safe haven. Uh, they trapped him in the basement and starved him for several days. And then Pazuzu shot him three times in the head and four times in the torso in oh, July fuck. of 2009. His body was not found until 2014. Oh my god! Yeah. That's five years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy shit. His arms, legs, and penis had been cut off. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he was reported missing in 2010. When they, It took them a year to report him as missing? Yeah, because he didn't call his mom on a holiday or one of her birthdays or something like that, and that was very rare of him. I suppose if but, you don't have much contact and stuff like that, but still. Everyone kind of thought he was running from the police because of his fel- felony. Oh, so, it, so they kind of just think he went on hiatus and yeah, went away. And the police failed to mention, but seven months before he was reported missing, seven months, almost a year, they found his car with the key in the ignition in a like abandoned parking lot. And they didn't investigate that. Nope. They just pulled up his name, saw felon, and dropped it. Now, uh, this is a small town. Doesn't have a lot of money. Police can't afford to investigate small things like this. But, like, at least alert the family. No shit. Be like, I mean... I literally, my dad sold my Mazda, and some dude, it must have, like, broke it down on the side of the road or whatever, and he didn't transfer the title for, like, a year, and I got a letter in the mail not too long ago that, um, was saying, like, that it got towed and stuff like that, and you would think that somebody would have got something saying, like, hey, this car is abandoned here, it's getting towed, like, come and get it, or we're just gonna get rid of it. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, in a video that was later found when they were searching the house, Pazuzu and Bubbles had basically made a sex tape. Uh, Pazuzu was wearing a bloody bandana and holding a knife. The bandana ended up being Josh's. Oh, no. (laughs) What? Yep. His fiancés, Amber and Crystal, helped bury the body in the backyard. Fiancés? Yeah, that's what Plural? he that's what he started calling them after family. The women were called fiancés. Again, I don't think this is a cult. This does not. It's just some weird fuck. Yeah. 
Okay. It sounded like he had multiple girlfriends, and he didn't want them to think that he was cheating on them, so he called them fiancés and family and all things that made them feel good and probably what they wanted. Wanted to hear. Yep. Okay. So, Alan Biggins was a neighbor of Pazuzu, and his daughter reported that he had helped dig the hole to bury this man. Nothing ever came of that. Ever. Ever? Ever. Oh, yep. Again, it sounds like because of the poverty in the town, because people were afraid of Pazuzu, they didn't want to really put resources into him quite yet. Yet. Yep. Okay. So Mind you, he was still on probation from his larceny charge. So his <sighs> at least his out. probation officer should have been like, hey, I know this guy, like, we need to look into him a little bit more because he's already in some trouble. But no. Shit's going down. Maybe there's something that we're missing here. No, yeah. you fucking idiot. <laughs> on February 9th, 2010, Stacy Carter called the police. So um, Josh's baby mama, they weren't really together. Um, called the police saying that she had heard the body of her ex-boyfriend and father of her child was on this property. And finally, the police were able to search the Knob Hill house. Good. Thank fucking God. Somehow they missed the obvious graves in the backyard. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Very obvious. I've seen pictures. I can post pictures. They'll be on our Instagram and our Facebook. Literally so fucking obvious. There is something buried in the ground there that shouldn't be buried. And the police were like, yeah, you're good. Let's go. I don't know what these little rocks are and these little holes that are sitting in the ground, but you're good. And in between 2010 and 14, the police get tons of tips basically saying to look deeper, dig into this guy. Like something is not right. Here, he is telling us these stories about people he has killed and everything's happening, but you guys aren't doing anything. Help. And of course, they didn't really do anything. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Pazuzu's mom knew about Josh. Um, she was getting ready for work one day and she heard a gun. She came out of her room, saw Pazuzu standing over Josh with a gun. And then she kind of went back into her room with Pazuzu and said, I'm going to think about this for a minute. What do I do? And then decided that she was going to continue getting ready for work. And Pazuzu said, I'm going to finish him off. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? She's just like, I'm just going to carry on and get ready for work and go to work and have a pleasant day. Have fun killing people. What? What? Oh, my God. This makes me mad. Um, His family, or uh, his next victim was Tommy Welch. His family was not part of the documentary or, like, the media coverage. They really didn't want anything to do with it, which I completely understand. That is not something I would be involved with either. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck this. Yep. Uh, Tommy was 36 years old when he was killed on October 9th, 2009. 
Uh, he was last seen October 3rd. He was meeting to walk up with his brother, and somehow on the way, he met up with Pazuzu and Amber Bubbles. Hmm. He ended up at the Knob Hill home, where later Amber shot him in the head with a 22 caliber rifle and buried him in the backyard. They have, like, a whole-ass fucking gravesite back there? Pretty much. Um, That's all I could find on him. For the case, at least. It really just seemed like his family wanted nothing to do with it, which it's fine. Um, <sighs> the next victim was Joseph Chandler. Uh, he was uh, a victim in June of 2010, and he was blind. Oh, that's so Which sad. kind of makes this a little bit worse once I get into what happened. Um, he was walking to the store, and that's when Pazuzu and Nicholas Rizzi, I think is how you pronounce his last name, ran into him and somehow ended up in the car with him. They went to a river. That's when Nicholas pulled out a shotgun, but it jammed, so he went back to his car and pulled out another gun and killed him, basically. But they, <sighs> they claimed it was an accident. But oh, sure. I'm sure it was an accident. Oh, officer, my shotgun jammed. I went back to my car, got another gun to finish him off, but it was an accident, I swear. I didn't mean to do it. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> and they believe this? Yep. Fucking idiot. His mom was on the documentary, and she said, quote, he went to light a cigarette, and before he could light it, he was dead. <sighs> so there was an unlit cigarette by him when he was found. Um, the poor cigarette went to waste. <laughs> I'm just Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas pleaded guilty in March of 2011 to involuntary manslaughter and sentenced to 13 months in prison. The definition of that is killing another human unlawfully but unintentionally. Oh, God. Yeah. He only did 13 months. Yep. That's like a month and a year. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. This they, fucking justice system sucks. If it was an accident, why didn't they call the police? Why did they grab another gun? There's so much wrong yeah. here. There's so much wrong here. Pazuzu, Just in this entire thing in general. Pazuzu was charged with accessory after the fact, and Joseph's mom wanted to go to the trial, and they really weren't her like telling her anything they wouldn't tell her the date because it kept changing and they would never update her when the date changed they wouldn't tell her anything they learned about the case they just wanted her to stay home and ignore the whole thing which is fucked up i under like maybe for her safety kind of a thing but like still that's yeah but as a parent of a child you would think that they would want to know what is happening with this case and make sure these people are getting the justice they deserve. Exactly. Oh, I'd be fucking livid. Uh, I'm not even the parent and I'm livid. <laughs> yep. Uh, Pazuzu's plea hearing was on May 28th of 2010. He was giving a like psychological evaluation before his hearing. In the evaluation, um, it said he was hosp- hospitalized multiple times and came in smelling of piss. He talked about dremeling his teeth while high on meth. His mother told him if he does not get out to do an animal sacrifice by a full moon, that he would kill himself. And he was diagnosed with schizotypical personality disorder, which is clinically psychotic. So this man needed help. 
Yeah, he's all sorts of different kinds of fucked up. He pleaded guilty and just got five years of felony probation. What? Probation? Five years of probation. That's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. (laughs) What? What? Everyone was afraid of him. No one wanted to fuck with him, so they just let him go. But they put him in a goddamn cell. Oh, they did eventually, and something happens, but, you know. Oh, that's for part two, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. We'll make this a two-parter. I probably should. I still have, like, five, six pages left, and we're already at over an hour of recording. (laughs) Uh, yeah (sighs) this is already stressing me out and there's more yeah so those are the victims in the next part we'll get into the charges some of the things his neighbors have said um what his mother has oops what his mother has said after everything happened and what friends have said about living in the house and stuff like that lots of stuff in part two Oh, man. We're just going deeper down the rabbit hole. <gasps> yeah. All right. Well, that was a, that was a roller coaster ride. Yeah, Pazuzu was probably one of my favorite cases we've done so far. I was interesting, but holy fuck am I pissed. <laughs> yep. God. I just, I'm speechless. Five years of probation. That's it. Well, remind me just to, if I ever murder someone, just to tell the cops it was an accident and I'll be fine. Oops. But I went to go get a second gun that I knew would work. Sorry, officer. I needed another weapon, but it was still an accident. All right. Well, guys, just uh, stay tuned for part two because this is going to be interesting. I will post pictures of him. Because of all the tattoos and filed teeth and creepy things he did to his body and split tongues and stuff like that. I'll post that on the Facebooks and Instagrams. Check out our social media. Again, if you didn't know already, that is The Claw Crypt or it's The Claw Crypt Podcast. All you have to do is search The Claw Crypt and you'll find it. I promise. If you have any spooky stories, recommendations, uh, cases you want us to look into, We want to hear them all. Uh, I think the quickest way to get a response would be to email thecrawcrypt at gmail.com. Which I believe I put our email in our Instagram description. I know it's on Facebook, too. So. So, yes. If you happen to forget, it's there. So... All right, guys. Well, we will uh, we'll see you soon in uh, part two. Yeah.